Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don here today with a very special guest, a guy I have gotten to know over the last, um, what, year or so. Welcome, Craig Morgan. Hey, Don. Great to be with you again. Yes. um, Craig and Gina have a wonderful... So today we're going to talk about blended families. So if you are a blended family, you're going to want to especially take note And then if you're not, then maybe, you know, what this podcast is going to do for you is help you as you interact with a blended family, because it's just, you know, Craig, Craig's organizations, blended family together, blendedtogether.org is his website um, and blended together forever is the name of the ministry. So first of all, just uh, welcome Craig and thanks for being on with us. Thanks. And I love your comment that you actually addressed both the tradition traditional family as well as a blended family because even though some of this may not personally apply to a traditional family I'm reminded of a grandmother that came to me and said you know my husband and I've been married 50 years but my kids and now my grandkids face this issue so me knowing some of these things helps me in my own family so I think you're right this applies to whether you're blended or not this content will help Absolutely. And I, I didn't even think about it. We, we have so many grandparents, uh, well, I mean, parents of, of current parents, if you will, that are saying, you know, uh, there's so many new things that we don't get, you know, maybe, you know, my parents have been married for 69 years, but yet, you know, so they don't understand some of the nuances of the way families are, what's happening to families today with not just blended families, but technology and culture and all these things. What is your, so tell us about your family a little bit and and your journey, because you obviously have some blended stuff that takes us here, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, my personal story, I came from a very, I was very grateful and blessed to come up in a, in a great family. Uh, My mom and dad loved me. My mom, as I said, was my biggest cheerleader when I played youth baseball. My dad actually coached me and my grandmother took me to church when I was a little boy at vacation Bible school. So I grew up very fortunate, very privileged to have some of those great foundational pillars in my life. Uh, So when it came time, Don, for me to get married and have my own family, I figured we would just, you know, the traditional live happily ever after scenario. And about seven years after my first marriage, that ended, and it kind of shook me. Uh, and that's really an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> for for a long time. And uh, I'll, I'll go through that road later, but I'll just put it this way, especially for the listener: um, it always takes two to tango. But I was angry. I was mad at God. I kind of went down a, a wrong road. I, I really didn't do any self-reflection at that point. Go, well, Craig, what did you contribute? Because, you know, and, and later I would do that. Um, but then at the end of that painful period, 
I met the love of my life, Gina, and she had been through a similar experience. She was married to a chiropractor and she actually tried to help put him through school. During that process, they had four boys and then all of a sudden one day he wanted out. And so when we were met through a mutual friend, we had kind of a common path to connect. And, uh, and so, as they say, we, we started dating. It was kind of an off-on, off-on courtship. And when we finally broke through some trust walls, we'll talk about that more in a minute, we married. And now, almost 30 years later, um, not only have we, you know, blended, but we have seven kids total when we started this journey, his, mine, and ours. And today... A chunk of them are married, and we have seven grandchildren, and our eighth grandchild is on the way. Wow. And and so um, you said that she had four. So yep. how many did you bring to the marriage? I brought in two, a boy and a girl, and then we have one between us. So literally his, mine, and ours. Right, right. And so uh, and you guys have um, uh, been married now for how long? We married in 96, so help me do the math here. Uh -huh. So that'll be 28 years, yeah. just in a few weeks. So, um, and out of that, so you started the ministry of Blended Family Together. Um, yeah. How did that, um, how did that start? Well, God hounded us, to be honest with you. Years ago, we were going to church at the time, and that's why I'm so grateful you're doing this podcast for all your friends, because they're probably unaware, like I was many, many years ago. And so here's how that happened. Where we were going to church at the time, my pastor, Denny, approached me and said, Craig, uh, Mother's Day's coming up, and I want to do a little bit of a different type service for, for church that Sunday. We're still going to honor moms and do all that stuff, but I'm reading up about 40% of the kids in the United States are actually raised in a blended family. And we were involved there at the church, you know, and he said, I think I just want you and Gina to tell your testimonial on how you're trying to blend your family together and make it work. And I said, well, okay. So I thought that was going to be the end of it, but God kind of knocked on my heart later that afternoon, about 4.30, uh, about starting a ministry for blended families. And initially, Don, I said, no, not interested, don't want to do that. But he kept kind of planting that seed. We all know it's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I finally did a little digging, finally did a little research, got on Google, looked at statistics, and I could not find evidence. And Don, this is not an embellishment. Anybody, anywhere, any church across America that was even trying to address my marriage and family situation, I thought, wait a second, I'm not some lone weird duck. There is tons of us everywhere. So I felt this burden in a healthy way. We got to do something. And so that's why the call. And that's when we uh, give kudos to my wife. How did we come up with the name Blended Together Forever? And this will be great for all your viewers and listeners. However you got here, whether it was the death of a former spouse or divorce that you've gone through like me, 
or uh, unwed mom that had a couple of kids that gets with a husband. Like, well, however you get here, stay there and blend it and make it last forever. And that's how the last word where that really says, put a stake in the ground, figure out marriage, figure out family. Yeah, it may be difficult, but make this last forever. And that's how we came up with the name, blended together forever. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and I love it that you're doing it. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people like us that have heard a call from the Lord and, you know, maybe resisted it in some way or, uh, you know, never is in the timing we wanted to be or never it's, it's never funded the way we wanted to be funded or all those things. But just I love it when people step out into a calling and uh, and see and, and I know just talking to you that God's using you to reach a lot of blended families that have some unique challenges. And so, uh, you know, what we talked about the first was is just getting people aware of, you know, um, a lot of times at Crazy Cool Family, we do a lot of stuff with just relationships. You know, I, I even use like a Rubik's Cube analogy where I say, you know, there's algorithms you use to solve the cube. There's certain pathways. And it's almost like that's what we have to learn. We have to learn the pathways. You know, people don't purposefully mess up their family. They are, you know, they're not trying to mess it up, but they need to learn certain you know, ways of doing things that help to, and to overcome certain common challenges that particularly blended families face. What would you say are the, um, some of those unique challenges? You know, if you're, if I'm sitting here in a traditional family, actually, I kind of have a blended family because my wife brought a two-year-old to the marriage. So, you know, I, I, I'm on the outskirts of qualifying as a blended family, you know, uh, and then, um, but for those that are, you know, wherever they are, what would you say are some of the common challenges, unique challenges versus a traditional family? You know, there's, first of all, let me say this, I'm not trying to promote our book, but we created a workbook with a leader guide, scripture reference, and there's 16 chapters. Now, I'm not going to take the time to go through, obviously, 16, but I'll give you three that comes to mind as we're just prepared for the podcast. And if people want to go digger, they can obviously get that. The first would be realignment. The second would be loyalty conflicts. And the third would be dealing with an ex-spouse. And and uh, I'll take just a, a minute to kind of expound on all three. Um, and these were all kind of learned just practical, walking it, living it, doing it. I, re I remember when I felt like the Lord gave me this word picture. I was a single dad, had a little apartment in Addison. It was on a two, I was on the second floor. And at that time, um, obviously my wife and I had separated, we were divorcing. So I was getting the kids Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and the first, third, and fifth weekends. And when they were little, they would spend the night with me on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then the next day I'd take them to school. And, you know, they're little kids, three, four, five-year-olds. And, and so when we're getting ready to go to school, um, Many of your viewers have heard this, the game shotgun, shotgun, which means yeah. I get to ride in the front seat with right. dad. You got to get in the back. And they would have this little fun competition who gets to ride in the front going to school with dad. Well, 
that works great when you're a single dad and you got a couple of kids. But as life progressed and I started dating Gina, then marrying Gina, all of a sudden the kids, which were used to being in the front seat of the car, they got to realign and go, well, um, Gina's going to sit in the front seat now. And the kids have got to kind of transition to the back seat. Now, there's a lot of dynamics, Don, in just that one little scenario. First of all, the kids don't totally really probably understand. They've gone through pain to begin with. And finally, we get a little bit of stability and a little bit of security. And now we're going to change it again. And now I got to get back. And who is this? woman and second she's not my mom you know and so there's a lot of those things that are going on in a kid's brain but at the same point in mine i can't say well hey gina i love you but hop in the back seat because they're like oh really your kids become before the marriage and that right they work for a little bit but as they say and tell you that dog don't hunt forever and so you got to kind of learn how to realign And then the third dynamic that comes to my mind when I'm talking about this is Gina's wisdom and and security. Like maybe the first day she's not going to buck like I get the front. Maybe she says, you know, I'll hop in the back. But over time for the family to work, we've got to realign. And in a nuclear family, though, the spouse came first in the pecking order and then the children. But in a blended family, the order of what your kids came first and then my spouse came second. So that's why realignment. And and you mean, when you say second, you mean in in terms of order you had in in a traditional marriage, you've been married and then the kids come, but in this case, the kids are already there and now you're introducing the spouse. That's correct. That's exactly right. So that's, that's one dynamic. And don't you think along those lines, Speak. I, I, it feels like to me that you know there's a secret hope in all of the in almost all children. I think my parents are going to get back together someday, yeah. and so therefore, when that new spouse comes in, or then that kind of shatters that dream too, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's tough. Um, as happy and as joyous as a marriage might be for that man and woman it kind of symbolizes a funeral to the kids because then they know, well, mom and dad won't get back to that. That's now over. And so you're right. So there's lots of dynamics there and you really have to try to walk the shoes and the trails and the paths that the other people have taken to really kind of empathize and understand what they may be either experiencing or at least dealing with emotionally that they're trying to sort through. I think it's a really good point to especially for people, well, whether you're going through it or whether you are helping someone who is going through it, divorce is like death in so many ways. And, and then, I mean, I'm just thinking about you living in your apartment on the second floor by yourself, seeing your kids three days a week. And then, um, then you meet somebody, you know, and, and so there's there's multiple like death like instances. Well, think about the, the the stages of grief. 
you know, and so often, you know, as people are going through it, well, you know, you may go through it when the divorce happens. Well, your kids may go through it when the new spouse is introduced. And all of these stages of grief and release are happening. And it takes a while. I mean, it takes, you know, what, maybe months and a couple of years, not just, you know, it doesn't happen in a weekend, right? Exactly. It takes time. You're exactly right. Yeah. And just being patient when people are going through that process is, and just, it, you know, um, it just takes some time and, and patience to be able to get people through that. And how do you help people with that process or with those processes, if you will? The first thing that comes to my mind would be keep expectations high. However, however, the time frame. The, the length of period, people want to kind of get to the other side. They want to fix things. We want things almost like microwaved and we expect it to all be good in the next two or three weeks. No, 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 no. It takes a long time. Um, that was an awareness for me many years ago. There was a uh, lady, Patricia Papelbon, who had done a lot of study and research. And she said that it takes an in. Uh, an average blended family about seven years to integrate. Oh my goodness. Wow. Now, prayerfully, hopefully I don't have any stats to back this up right now. So this is just a theory, but hopefully with podcasts like what you're doing, Don, and, mm-hmm. and giving resources and, and hope and other that you can at least shorten it. Now it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and it's definitely not going to be quick, but what most blended families need to do is like slow down and expect this journey is going to take a little bit longer. Keep your hopes up, but it's right. going to be longer and more arduous as we go forward than you would like it to be. Yeah. And, um, and then, um, yeah, I was just looking on your website too. And I think, would you, would you direct them? So uh, like we love for new families to go through our curriculum that's uh, you know a crazy cool family. We just really help set the foundation. I would recommend that to blended families too, but for yours, for the blended families, you have um, your curriculum. You would recommend to help them walk through this the sixteen chapter workbook that you have. How does that help them? You know, with these unique challenges that they face, I think it gives them some real content that they're unaware of. Um, so many people, you've heard the term, the blind are leading the blind, right? The pioneers, you know, people ballyhoo the pioneers. Yeah. They get the arrows in the back too. Cause they're, I mean, and I think when we did this, it was, it was hard just to be brutally honest. It was painful. Right. We would have our writer come to our house every Friday and we would flesh this out. And there was more than once Dina would be in tears at the end. She goes, I'm done. Well, what we were doing was going back into our own pain. And I said, honey, we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for other people. And I think because we were so lost, naive, I'll tell a a crazy story, but it'll reinforce something for the, for the viewers, why they ought to get the content um, I'm new in a second marriage. We go on a, uh, little vacation, all of us. And so, um, we actually go to this little golf course and we put 
or I, not we, I put my kids, my biological kids on my team. And I put Gina's biological kids on her team because I thought, well, they'd rather be with her. It seemed like logic that my, my kids would rather be with me. And let's just say it this way. It didn't go well. Okay. Right. Right. And I look back and I go, how dumb. How was, but my actual thought at the time was, well, her kids would rather be with her and my kids. And so I thought that was common sense. No, that doesn't help the blending process at all. And the second mistake that we made that kind of is a glaring one, Gina had four boys and, you know, all this testosterone and she's got, finally, I've got a man that could help me discipline my kids. And so I just thought that they'd respond to me like my kids responded to me. And I'm like, man, that, that was a mistake because I didn't have any history with them. So I can't just walk in like an authoritative father type figure. It takes time to earn that. And that's one of the points we'll mark here in a minute ago. But that's, those are just a couple stories that, man, if we could go back, we would have learned from our own content 25 years ago. That's why I think the content can really help your viewers. And like I said, even grandmother who's not personally a blended family, but she's got kids or grandkids. So it lets her get some wisdom to. Well, let's, let's visit about that a minute because, you know, crazy cool family. We are all about the parent to child relationship that we want it to be. uh, Again, you know, we want, we want parents to learn how to reach the deepest depths of the heart of their children so they can know them and parent them well and build trust and all the things you just, some of the things you just mentioned. Okay. That's gotta be, I mean, I've dealt with it a little bit with, uh, because, uh, my oldest daughter, Molly is, uh, you know, was my wife brought her to the marriage. And so we've had a little bit of that of, you know, even my wife trusting me with parenting her daughter and, you know, and, uh, not being kind of the mama bear and protecting her, um, what are the unique challenges and how do they overcome them, uh, for a father or a mother who's parenting someone who's not their kid? Yeah, I'll be happy to answer that. And I Don, I'm so sorry. I just looked at the clock. I can't believe we've been going, I think 30 minutes. So just real quickly, um, they need to be a friend first. What happens is that you get more authority and to speak into a child's life or a grandchild's life or a stepson's life or a stepdaughter's life, whatever in time. So I would say first, just be a friend. Then you kind of move to more of a trusted advisor. Um, and, and then eventually maybe you get a lot more authority in their life like a parent. But here's the here's the key. It's the kid that determines the pace. It's not the adult. Let me say that again. Mm, that's it's good. The kid that determines the pace, not the adult. So some child or grandchild or whoever might come along quicker to accept that person in their life, where others might, hey, dig their heel in and don't even want them at all in their life. And you respect that. But in time, you just gradually connect and let them move at their pace. And the kids are going to maybe be in a different uh, pace of acceptance. Right. That's so good. And so, all right, explain that again a little bit, though. I want to maybe go a little deeper with that. The child determines the pace. Isn't that what you said? I did. 
And so what is that? So how does a parent, um, how does a parent do that? How does it? Okay. So I hear parents going, but I'm the parent, I'm the parent. I've got to, you know, I got to lead. So how does a parent let the child determine the pace? First of all, I would tell the parent, get over the fact that you don't need to be in charge and you have to have the rules and they have to be disciplined and follow you because it's not about you. It's about the kid and you have to enter their world. And when you really try, I'll put it this way. When I really tried to understand the four boys that are now my bonus sons that I got to inherit, it was Gina that helped me with this one phrase, Don, that just kind of lit lit me up. She said, well, Craig, you know, you've always been close with your dad. Y'all go to Oklahoma football games together, and he's been involved in your life. But what happened with my boys and all of a sudden at 12 or 13, when they had some of those questions that could only be answered by a, a father, their dad clicked out. He was out of their life. So there's a wall up. There's a trust issue. And so if you really, I, when I really tried to feel that kid in their path, it helps us let them determine the pace. It doesn't mean you're giving up your position it just means you see a bigger picture than just you think that when you do that um like i mean the only experience i have with it is when molly was two and now she's you know in her 30s but you know over time i established that place in her life where I was her, you know, I was her dad and and she listened to me and we had a, you know, she didn't always listen to me. We had our share of, of things as teenagers and all that, but I became her dad. Do you think that happens even with older kids? I mean, does it, do you kind of, are you moving to a place where you become that trusted authority or does it, you know, how do you know what to do about that? Yep. Um, It does happen. But also, let me say, it can happen, and even at other times, it may not happen. Now, I think when you get them, because we got ours earlier and younger in life, it was probably easier because they didn't have 20 years of a former mom or former dad that then we stepped into their life. But I'm reminded right now of a friend of mine who has a blended family, And in his case, his wife actually was killed in a car accident, and he remarried pretty quick after that, probably a little too fast. But in in any event, his adult daughter, who was probably 25 at the time, said, well, Dad, you can get, you know, a new wife, but I can't get a new mom. So Mm -hmm. she didn't ever, or let's say, didn't readily accept that, and it may just be at an arm's distance and it's my friend. It's, you know, especially if they're close in age, a stepmom that's like three years older than her. And I mean, there's just all these other dynamics. So it can happen. It does happen, but remember it may not happen. And you got well, to be okay. And what I hear, and then I want to ask another question after this, I think is that you've um, triggered in me to ask, but so it feels like that really what you said, let the child determine the pace. Basically the, one of the differences in a blended family is, you know, 
you have to earn your trust of the child right. and respond to that trust more so than if you're the biological father. That's and exactly and right. and different ages and things may be uh, different. You know, like you say, if it's younger, you may get it easier. You know, we also see that happening with adopted children. You know, that it's not, you know, that's similar things sometimes because they were raised in a different culture. But here's my question. to, to So what happens then? Let's say let's say that I'm a stepfather and the current father is still alive and in the picture, but they have dramatically different values than the family that you're raising right now. How do you manage that? Um I hear that a lot from parents, from parents of blended families. Oh, my goodness. Maybe they've come to faith since the divorce or something. They've turned their lives around. or And now there's there's this spouse, this ex-spouse, and they're just on different pages. Right. How do you counsel blended families to handle those situations? The best way, if at all possible, is to learn how to co-parent. The marriage relationship ended, but not the parenting responsibility. So mom's still going to be mom. Dad's still going to be dad. And if at all possible is to try to co-parent well is, you know, they may have different values in the other home, but there's nothing you can do about somebody else's home. I can't make them pay their light bill and pay their rent. They got to do that. You you really don't have control. Now, I'm not talking if there's safety issues or, you know, or security issues or, you know, sexual issues or misconduct. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about they got different values. We got different values. They let the kids eat whatever they want. And we're, we got to eat healthy meals. They get to stay up till midnight. We make them go to bed at nine. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. See, so you have to kind of choose your battles. But if at all possible, you'd want to get with your ex and say, look, I know you love our daughter or our son, and you know I love our daughter or son. Could we figure out a plan where we could at least co-parent for the benefit of our child that leave any past hurts and issues as best we can out of it? It takes a grown man or a grown woman to be able to do that. But that's what's best. And I think if you just keep in mind this, co-parenting is not about you. It's all about your child. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, man, I could ask you, like, I have about 27 more questions I, that I asked. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm looking at the clock. And I'm yeah, like, no, oh. we, yeah, we can't. But we we have to do this again sometimes. But, uh, sure. you know, um, just as we wrap up here, there was um, – you mentioned the life verse and how that related into your blended family. And I was just curious if you, and that life verse has to do with my yoke is easy. Tell us about that. But you know, in, in blended family, we don't think of our yoke being easy. So tell me how, you know, what would you leave the verse with for the blended families and um, so that they have, uh, you know, hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you asking that. Um, it kind of snuck up on me. Years ago, a friend of mine <clears throat> said, Craig, what's your life verse? And I didn't really have one at that time. And then the the direction the Lord led me, I came to Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, 
where Jesus is speaking and he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And Don, I probably tried to carry my burden. I tried to carry my yoke. I tried to figure out the answers until literally coming to him and saying, okay, Lord, I'm letting this go. You said that you'll take it. And at that time of my life, 1992, my burden was heavy. My yoke was heavy. I, I was out of gas. I was running on fumes and I just surrendered. And I just, you know, let that happen. The interesting story, <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever shared this, on a, at least on a podcast, but I was doing a leadership symposium with a mentor friend who's now passed away. His name was Fred Smith. It was at a small Christian college in Dallas. And the moderator asked me my life verse question. And he was going through something similar that I'd gone through at that time in his own life. And I just felt it was one of these God moments. I kind of had to expound upon that. And so what I would tell anybody, especially if it's blended, <clears throat> don't try to figure it out by yourself. Let Jesus handle it. Don't let Satan come to you with guilt and shame. He loves to play those cards in all of our lives. There is no shame. There is no guilt. There is no, quote, first-class marriage or first-class family. There's no, you know, we're, we are all covered by Christ and what he did for us. So whatever you've been carrying with you, leave it. Cast it away. Give it to him. Let he's got this. You don't need to get this. He's got this. And let him blend your family together and make your family be blended together forever. That's awesome. And so uh, the website, blendedtogether.org, can they get the curriculum on the website? They sure can. They go right to the website. It's also on Amazon. Um, we do events. Uh, we do you know, just like what we're doing right now, Don, podcast recording, so they can sign up as a friend. So they'll not only get, you know, this podcast, but any future ones. And I look forward to letting our database know more about crazy cool families. And now they're hearing from you again. So I just appreciate your friendship, partnership. I love doing this. And Maybe we can even do an event one day together in, you know, the year down the road or whatever. But thanks again for doing this for not only your friends at Crazy Cool Family, but for also hoping to help anybody that's blended or, like you said, not blended. They're just a trist, but give some insight to help them and their Yeah, family. absolutely. And um, blendedtogether.org, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um you know, as we close, uh, I just feel like the Lord's put a word on my heart here that if you are going through this breakup, retooling of family, or if you know somebody that's going through it, um, two things. One of them, realize that this pain is real. I mean, uh, it is 
you know, losing contact with your kids, for example, or going through a divorce or, you know, having to rebuild relationships. I mean, that pain is real and it's hard. And I love Matthew eleven twenty eight that, you know, uh, I mean, literally like, you know, Paul talks about, I was shipwrecked. I was all those things. I was beaten with rods. The, the, yeah. That's the same kind of pain when family situations go. And so there's two things about it. One of them is, is it realize the pain's real. You're not a wimp. Let's figure out what to do and, and how to trust in the Lord. And, but also Amen. let's avoid those things. Families, you know, if you're thinking about, wow, it'd be better off without my wife, or it would be, you know, this, I, I don't, you know, I can't figure out this relationship with this teenager. Um, okay, that's why we have resources for you. Let's go get into the fight because the the downside of losing this battle is really the pain that he's talking about with the separation, and then we have to blend it together. And so, um Wherever you are in the path, realize that your family relationships are worth it. Everyone can win. And so we want to help you. Uh, Craig has his ministry, blendedtogether.org. You know about Crazy Cool Family, crazycoolfamily.com. That's our goal, to help you win at family, to help you have healthy relationships, blended together forever. I love that term. I love the term of your relationship. So, Craig, thank you for being with us. Um, thank you, Don. And uh, love your ministry. And uh, Craig's local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you look on the website, there are some places they're speaking. You might go see them, if you, especially if you have a blended family and want to meet them, get some resources. So as always, parents, go be crazy with us. CrazyCoolFamily.com.